evening, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Half Ashed. My name is Craig Schneider. That gentleman, 1,850 miles south-southeast of me, is Mr. Kip Fisher, and we are coming to you live for the 126th time on this 17th day of November, 2015. What are you laughing about? I believe that be the 17th day of September, not November. You know, I was thinking while I was doing that intro, man, oh, man. I'm not even reading anything. We don't have an intro written anymore. I, I have this memorized. I don't memorize anything. This is amazing. And yet the one thing that is written down in the notes, the date, <laughs> I completely read wrong. <laughs> oh, well. It's all right. That's how we do it. <sighs> it's how we do things. Half-ashed. Yeah, it's how we do it. Oh, well, well that, uh, that rather uh, baritone voice you hear in the background, ladies and gentlemen, are the dulcet tones of my co-host mr kip fisher how are you tonight my friend third mm, midland pretty good <laughs> okay i wasn't sure what you were going to give no. us there but i'll, I'll take fair to midland i am well good actually oh. i'm more than well the uh the weather tonight's been delightful in comparison to the norm it's i'm not even sweating right now if you can believe that does that mean it's 90 with a fair breeze yeah yeah the breeze the breeze coming through is kind of like the breeze when it comes off the mountain it's cooler than the ambient air it it feels really nice Uh, yeah yeah. i'm i'm typing santiago dominican republic weather you're 77 degrees with 83 percent humidity right now there you go that is far cooler than normal. Yeah, that is uh, that is pretty cool. Although that's a lot of humidity for seventy-seven percent or seventy-seven degrees. Yeah, ain't as bad oh. as it could be. Boy, the next week is about as bad as it could be. Ninety-five, ninety-six, ninety-five, ninety-six, ninety-five, ninety-four. Hmm. All right, I feel bad for you now. I, oh, I'm man. I've grown tolerant. You would feel bad if you knew I had no AC in this house. I do know you have no AC in that house. Yep. Look, look for an excuse to go riding around the truck. Yeah. Well. Except gas yeah. is four fifty a gallon. Oh, okay. Look for an excuse to go sit in the driveway yeah. in the truck. Eesh. Don't burn much of it. I know. <sighs> well, speaking of burning, we have a, uh, a dainty little cigar here. If uh, you happen to be watching on the video, I don't know if you've seen something this small from us before. If you hold it right up next to the camera, it looks big. (laughs) Wow, words of wisdom from our friend Kip. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Otherwise known as Jack Handy. If you hold something (laughs) next to a camera, it looks large. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You must be a fisherman if you know that trick. I do know that trick. I've used that <laughs> trick many times with fish. Uh, well, well t- tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about these guys, because right, I know next to nothing outside of what you've told me off air. Well, this uh, this little cigar is actually a punch margaritas. It is uh, a, a small old cigar, um, Cuban cigar from. Well, the box code on this, the box date on this is NISV. And uh, anyone who's familiar with Cuban cigars post-1985, uh, pre-mid-1999, for those approximately 15 years or so, 
Um, Cuba used a a dating method that was their attempt to actually be confidential about uh, when a cigar was uh, when a cigar left the factory, and that that dating method was the code called Nivolacuso, and what that stood for was each letter in the name Nivolacuso stood for a number starting with one. So N was one, uh, I was two, V was three, and so on and so forth. And so this date code of NISV uh, provides the month first, which is NI, which is December. And then SV, I believe, is 93. So these little sticks are from December of 93. And uh, they are little. As I said, they're four and three-quarter inches long by a 26 ring gauge. It's actually uh, a Vitola name called the Carolina. But the name of the cigar that you'll see on the box, as I said, is the Margarita. Um, This box has been open in my humidor for a couple years. But um, the unique punch flavors... Uh, and punch, meaning the the brand, the typical flavors from the brand, have tended to morph into a more basic vintage tobacco flavor. Um, the the hallmark punch flavors almost are a little bit of like a whiskey type taste. It's very unique to describe, kind of a, a whiskey and uh, maybe a very tart berry. Um, a, a really unique combination it makes punch one of my. Uh, more preferred blends. But these little guys, they had that flavor in spades when the box was opened a couple years back. And as they've been exposed to additional oxygen, um, that typical essence has faded. And now it's kind of left just a very um, beautiful, suave, not so much nuanced um, kind of vintage tobacco flavor. So we're going to be smoking a newer punch coming up in the near future. And it'll be interesting to me to see if um, Kip can spot any of the hallmark flavors in that newer cigar um, that he may be able to detect in this little mature stick. So um, I went through a phase of mine where, where small sticks were really what I always reached for first. I would, uh, I like a lot of variation in what I smoke and um, quite frankly, uh, a great way for me to do that because I don't smoke too terribly often would be to start off with a cigar that was a 26 ring gauge and four inches, four and a half inches long. You can burn through it in a half an hour. Um, it's got a ton of flavor. I don't really enjoy larger ring gauge cigars because I don't like how they feel in your mouth. So something that's a very small ring tended to be much more comfortable. So kind of was the best of both worlds. They You could find a lot of very well-aged versions because they're not extremely popular. They're inexpensive. Like this box of 25 cigars was, I think, $70. Um, you know, and if you're someone who smokes slowly, a $2.50, $2.80 cigar for a half an hour smoking experience is great. Smoke two of them, and you're smoking for a little over an hour, and it's costing you five fifty. You know, that's, that's a pretty good deal to me, especially when you consider that, in this case, I bought these cigars, and the tobacco was probably... 17, 18 years old at that point. So it's kind of a, kind of a neat little thing. So hmm. I, I find them to be still very flavorful and have a decent amount of strength. So I'm interested, Kip, to hear what your initial thoughts are, because you had kind of a, 
uh, an off-putting flavor upon lighting. That that sound right? Just a little bit of eh, mustiness, maybe in a little stronger word, earthiness. Just a kind of a dank flavor, but that that's gone. That's gone away. It's, I should take a picture of this. It looks like a scale model of a cigar. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a nice little ash on it. Hold it really close to the camera and say, look at this double Corona. And by the way, my fingers are swollen. <laughs> ah, it's uh, all that mustiness kind of things going. A little bit of sweetness there, but not, not overwhelmingly. So uh, it's a little bit dusty, not musty, dusty to me. It feels feels dry on the palate. Uh, it's not it's not uh, not savory. It's not pulling out a salivary response or anything. Digging it so far. It is going amazingly fast, though. You can see that already five-eighths of yeah. an inch into it. Yeah. I'm trying I, to shield it from the breeze, but we'll see. Well, I typically take a puff around once a minute for my cigars. And these little guys, um, you cannot push that. I'd probably say every 40 seconds or so. You, you generally are, are speeding that up um, considerably. But the big thing on a small cigar like this is you can't take a long puff. If you take a long puff, I mean, it's – a, a tiny little sip is all you need to kind of maintain combustion in a, a ring gauge that's this narrow. And so if you take a long toke of two, three seconds long, um, you're going to burn an eighth of an inch of this cigar and it's going to overheat and kill all the flavors that are left. Yeah. So I, I generally would, would uh, smoke this a little faster and a little softer. Yeah. But I'll buy that. Well, um, a little faster and a lot softer, really. Yeah, and, and something else I'll also say is, uh, where in uh, normally with a bigger ring cigar you get just a truckload of smoke, and so I, I've even talked before a number of times about diluting that with some fresh air, you know, from the side of your mouth when you take a puff. You don't have to manipulate it at all like this. This you just get a little smoke that you can that's already. It's a small enough amount that it mixes well with the air you have, and uh, you can really just kind of savor the smoke rather than trying to, you know, fritz around with it and, and figure out your cadence. It just works, and you can get a good experience and be able to just hang on to that smoke a little bit longer and enjoy it. There's, um, <clears throat> to me, there's a um, a really this might just be the fact that it's a small cigar and I'm a cheap guy. So I want to get every cent out of, uh, out of the experience. But for me, there's a really, um, rewarding experience. If you take this, uh, the puff and tend to leave it in your mouth and expel it very slowly and kind of rub your tongue around it, almost as if you were tasting wine and you were testing the body on your, on your palate. Um, the smoke almost feels dense to the point where it's I, I don't want to give you the impression that I'm saying it's full bodied it almost feels as if there's substance in the smoke like it's chalky you know it, it's not palate polluting where you know it's, uh, it's sticking to my palate and I don't feel like I could taste anything else it's almost like I'm I'm feeling the the smoke on my tongue which is not a normal experience for me 
That's uh, it's kind of unique, and I am keeping it in my mouth a little bit longer than normal, so that might contribute to it. Hmm. Yeah, and what you're describing actually sounds a lot like what my mind was intending, but mouth not cooperating to portray by calling it kind of dusty. You know, it has that feeling to it. You you described it as almost chalky. It's that kind of thing. I I, I agree wholeheartedly with what you're saying. It's really, I don't know. I know a lot of guys like a cigar because you can, like a larger cigar because you can tend to manhandle it a little bit. And it's, you know, um, you just don't have to, you don't have to be delicate with it. But there's there's a reward for me or something that I, I only tend to find or experience with a smaller cigar. It just feels a little more delicate. So I treat it a little more delicate and it's, it's more relaxing to me. It just seems easier to handle. It's easier to get flavor. It's easier to, to try different ways of tasting. Um, I, I don't know why. I'm sure that that's just a personal thing for me, but a really small cigar feels easier to smoke. It's just so much more, um, I don't know. It's just so much more not intimidating. And that's, you know, I've been smoking cigars for almost two decades. So, I mean, I'm certainly not intimidated. It's just, this feels so much less. So Mm -hmm. Mm. it's a unique thing. Yeah. Mm. Um. Ah, But jabbing like I was, I think I just went out on about half this cigar. Yeah, I just had to hit mine too. It had gone out on me. Well, that's one thing to be very careful about. I don't usually smoke these when I'm recording a show. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. Well, coming up later on on the show, uh, we're certainly going to continue to have fun and discuss how a true vintage cigar uh, is treating our palate um, and how well it goes, especially with uh, modern news and releases coming up uh, from today's cigar market. Namely, we've got a couple stories out of Crown Heads to lead us off, as well as some interesting cigars smoked through the week. And to me, an incredibly intriguing factory tour by my esteemed co-host. So stick around. There's sure to be some shenanigans and uh, facts shared. I don't think there's too many podcasts out there that are smoking a 20, 25-year-old cigar tonight. So I know there's uh, there's a lot going on. I think Steve Saka's on uh, uh, Cigar Chat with... Uh, Robbie Rass and um, uh, all the Sigfed boys over there. And um, I think there might even be, I think Stogie Geeks is on tonight as well. So if you're listening to us live, we sincerely appreciate your decision in doing that. And uh, especially since there's a titan of the industry, Mr. Saka, who's recording right now on uh, another location. So thanks folks. We hope to uh, make it an enjoyable shoe that uh, gets stuff out of. (laughs) And there goes the chat room to zero. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, they're they're talking about how uh, we're trying to get rid of them so we can talk about what we want to talk about. That's kind of funny. You guys forget that this is recorded. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes to our detriment. Yeah, especially the beginning of tonight's show. Oh, well. <laughs> hey, this show's not going to happen for a couple more months, so... <laughs> Well, hey, I got through the uh, the Will Cooper show this week, so that one was only a, a couple days later. Not too terribly bad. Yeah, and now I'm behind again. I haven't gotten last week's up still. 
That's all right. Hey, before we jump into these news stories, I just had an incredible moment of deja vu. I have sat at my desk here where my recording stuff is um, with a pipe uh, numerous times. And the the remnants of what I was exhaling from my puff absolutely positively reminded me of one of the blends that I had smoked last week out of my pipe. Hmm. You remember what the blend was? Um, no, I don't. But <laughs> I can. I could go get it before we end the show or just afterwards. That's really, really a unique thing. I've never had that from a cigar where it tastes so specifically pipe tobacco. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, I have. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm trying to think who makes it. I think it's. I think it's AJ Fernandez makes. It's either him or Jesus Fuego. Um, one of them makes a cigar called Spectre that is largely composed of La Taquilla. Huh. Oh, yeah, we've been told that by some listeners. Yeah, I bought some of those a year ago or so and didn't care for them at the time and couldn't get through one. Well, I got my, my buddy Nick upstairs and I a couple out. Actually, the last couple I think I had. And then we smoked them two weeks ago now. And I managed to get all the way through it. It, it was okay, but you got to know that when you smoke that thing, that's got to be the last thing you really want to accurately taste for the day. Huh. The rest, rest of that day, your mouth is latakia. Well, there's some benefit to that too if you really like that flavor. That's true. I'm pretty hardcore. I love it. Love English pot tobacco. Love the Oriental blends, um, but. It's it's I don't want to, I can't say the word strong. It's not strong. It's it's pervasive. It's a lot. Yeah, uh, it's a lot. If you don't really love that kind of tobacco, you're not gonna enjoy the cigar at all. Hmm. And I tend to be that guy that if I want a pipe, I have a pipe. If I want a cigar, I have a cigar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would never smoke this cigar because I just didn't want to pack a pipe. I just wanted a flavor similar. Not that I think this cigar tastes similar to a pipe, but you you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's just a unique experience, unique thing to experience. Mm-hmm. So I am I am looking at the video of you smoking your cigar, and then I'm looking at my cigar. Look at the ash on mine. How much darker it is than yours. Oh. Yeah, I just knocked mine off. It, it was considerably lighter than that. It is mostly white, with some gray banding on it. Hmm. And mine is black with some white banding on it. It's very, very interesting. Hey, do you have a, a ruler handy? I'd like to know how much you have left. I do. Somewhere here. I have exactly three inches left to burn. In 22 minutes, I've smoked less than two inches. I have two and seven-eighths inches. So I'm an eighth of an inch ahead of you. I think we started around the same time. Yeah, it's about the same tonight. I, I have to say, though, the first few minutes before you started talking about you know, once a minute, once every 40 seconds, I was smoking it quite a bit faster. I slowed down. I like that uh, that once a minute cadence. It, it works well for me. Um, I, I actually kind of got back into the swing of it. It used to be something I strove for a long time ago, 10, 15 years ago. Um, 
admittedly, because the internet told me that that's what I should do when trying to be a connoisseur. Um, but since I've been driving so much more, you've always got a clock right there. And it, you know, it's a digital clock. You know exactly when it ticks over. So if I'm smoking a cigar, it's, it's something that I, I, just after I'm starting to smoke it, I'm trying to kind of set my clock for the next hour long ride that I have with that cigar. And so it's been something I've been concentrating on and, you know, you do it two or three minutes where you're going up, it just ticked over. I'll take another puff and you take a, a a slow extended puff, hold it in your mouth for a little bit, let the smoke gradually trickle out. And before you know it, boom, it's time to take another puff and it just becomes kind of a natural, very normal cadence. And I like it. I think it works well for me. Yeah. And, uh, I'm just sitting here thinking, daydreaming while you're talking. I'm just kidding. But uh, aside from it lending itself to savoring um, uh, every puff, totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> you looked serious, though, when you were contemplating that. I, I did. I, I had a gate opening out here, and I was trying to figure out if it was mine. Um, I don't know. I had something like really killer to say, but it's gone now. <laughs> well, we can uh, we can hit pause momentarily if you want to check outside. I don't have any problem with no, that. No, 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 no. It's okay. I can see. I'm sitting by the window. Uh, okay. Well, shall we uh, bust out into these couple stories from uh, Crown Heads here, my man? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be distracted the rest of the night now trying to figure out what the heck I was about to say. Well, well, you think about what you're trying to say, and I'll talk a little bit about this next story, which <laughs> makes me rather uh, interested. I'll say that. So, uh, fresh on the heels of our having the the Crown Heads Jericho Hill OBS last week, we uh, now know that they will be releasing a Lancero in the line. And if you could give me a moment to wipe up the drool, I'd appreciate it. Uh, the 12 Honest Men will be a 7.5 by 38 with a similar blend to the remainder of the line, namely a San Andres over uh, Nicaraguan binder and filler. So it is, uh, at least initially, going to be limited to 3,500 boxes of 12. So do the quick math on that, and you're looking at 42,000 production. Uh, 42,000 in production, excuse me. And... Um, it's going to retail for about 10 bucks, which is a little steep, but not too terribly uh, crazy in relation to a lot of other Lanceros that are out there. So, And we can expect it in the next few weeks. So one thing I didn't hear about this is if anybody can get this box. I, I, I thought I heard at one point that it was just going to be a regional release, actually. Mm, I didn't pick up on that. Good. I, I hope that that's not the case. With crown heads, you never know, but you know. Yeah, hey, it could be regional today and nationwide tomorrow. Who knows? That's very true. You know, one question for you: With that orange blossom special from last week, was there anything different about that blend from the other vitolas, or no? I don't think so. Outside of the fact that it's my favorite. Well, la ti da. I was being serious. I mean, no, I know. I, I don't know of anything that's been published that's different about that Vitola, but it is my favorite, and it and it comes across very different to me than the other Vitolas in that line. 
Hmm. Well, I'll be interested to see what this one does. They're going with a uh, a 38 ring, which is a more traditional Lancero size, but breaking from the mold of a lot of other uh, lances on the market recently. Um, I think a lot of guys are going with that 40 ring gauge for the Lancero and kind of thinking that that's the, uh, that's the new norm. But um, I hate that. I, you know, I do too. I really do. And I don't know why. I just, I don't know. It just seems blasphemous. Yeah, it's not even that. It's just that a Lancero for me, a 38 is, 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 I don't, I'm not, I don't hold too tightly to tradition and all, but it's something very different than a 48 or a 50 or a 46, what I might normally grab. And so I want it to be different. I want it to be more different for a reason. And, and once you get up 40 and 42 and 44, you're starting to, you know, look like a lot of the other cigars I'm already smoking anyway. And I just, sometimes I just like to mix it up a little bit. Yeah. Even a 40, even, even a 40 feels a little bit larger. I think that cutoff is anything less than 40 feels like a small ring to me. Yeah. And anything over 40 just feels normal. 40 and over just feels normal. And, uh, I'm over 40. Okay. (laughs) It's okay. I just, I, I tend to agree with you. A Lancero is, a skinnier cigar. And so a 40 just feels like maybe a slightly longer Lonsdale to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Oh, well, but I, I'm interested in this and I'm, I'm also interested to see how the blend's going to translate. I, uh, uh, I'm putting words in the mouths of the collective, uh, cigar manufacturers out there, but, um, I, I, I'm always a little trepidatious about um, fuller, richer cigars translating to very thin ring gauges. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a, an absolutely stellar example of the L40, which I, I am not a huge fan of uh, uh, the Ligas, but the L40 is probably my favorite that I've had from them. It's a, you know, again, it's a 40, it's not a 38, but I did have some prototype 38s um, that I thought were pretty good. Uh, and I think the L40 is probably what that blend really needs to be true to that blend. Um, but it's, I'd say it's a little less common for the very rich, very bold, uh, blends to translate well to a very thin ring. Uh-huh. Hmm. I don't know. I, uh, I know this is going to be hard for you to get down on the Dominican, but, for some reason, I, I think that you're going to find it easier to get some of these cigars than you think. I think you're going to start making friends with manufacturers who have other friends who are manufacturers, and you're going to be able to get some Nicaraguan sticks before you know it. Yeah, I have been in Trace Reinas now, which stocks Tatuaje and my father. And um, my buddy Nick was at a place last night. He went out and had dinner or something with some other friends. Excuse me. They um they have padrones. Really? Wow. Yeah. They did not have the anniversarios. They just had the thousand series padrones. Well, that's all right. A thousand series padrones are a great stick for yeah in the states at least five bucks ish. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're eight here. <laughs> well, adjusted for taxes, probably about the same in Chicago. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm paying more than that. Uh, well, that's uh, 
that was a news story, probably my favorite news story that we've got to share for this week. But uh, what do you say? You want to get onto this next Crown Heads uh, bit of info? Yeah, I'm busily trying to walk a delicate line and not oversmoke this cigar. Mm. But it's it's gotten a little bit. I mean, uh, a little bit of a spice that I really wasn't expecting because I haven't found it in any of these. Uh, Cuban cigars we've had it, but it's like almost pulling a sneeze out of me when I retrohale it. I wasn't expecting I, that. I definitely think that this cigar has got a spicy character to it. That, at least to me, this is not a a uh, a cigar that appears as if it's gone over the hill. I think it's a cigar that has lost some of its original characteristics. But there's a there's a lot to it, and that spiciness that you're describing, I think, is one of the key factors that makes me think it still has legs. Yeah, I I totally agree. This this cigar is not flat by any means. Mm, mm -mm. I'm finding it quite enjoyable thus far. Good. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, let's see what we got here. No, oh, we got another crowned head story. Actually, two of them. Half hour news this week is is coming out of crowned heads, but. Uh, they kind of pushed out a little bit of information about a cigar that's not going to officially launch until next year, although there are some isolated cases of them popping up right now. And uh, what I'm referring to is the crowned heads, Las Mareas, uh, which means the tides. Um, and uh, these started showing up in social media feeds with a couple of retailers and, and whatnot a couple of weeks ago now. And uh, so now a little more information is starting to come out. It's going to be available in four Vitolas, a uh, sixth and an eighth by 46, four and a half by 48, five and a half by 52, and a six by 54. Um, and this is not slated for full-blown shipping and production until next summer, summer of 2016. Although they have now begun shipping uh, one box of each size to uh, about half a dozen, seven retailers uh, around the country. Some of their selected accounts. What's the selection process was, I'm not sure. Um, so it's kind of a peculiar way to launch something. Or I mean, it's not even a soft launch, and it's nearly a year before the thing's going to be available on the market. It, it seems like a peculiar thing to do to me. But I don't, hmm. I don't I, have any. They've not given. Uh, formalized details. I think one of those retailers actually did post up uh, some blend details, but they were taken back down. Uh, the comment was deleted. <laughs> so, oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. So what's what's kosher about that? Just cigar internet uh, uh, manners here. If something goes up and then it's taken down as in our position of pseudo press, should we not share that? I wouldn't have any qualms about sharing it. If I still had, you know, if it had left a digital footprint, otherwise it's just speculation. Hmm. Yeah. If it left a digital footprint and they took it out, they took it down. You, you wouldn't have a problem sharing that. The retailer posted it and took it down. If they give me a reason and said, we took this down because John Huber told us to or whatever, 
And maybe it's a different story then. If it just disappears and no explanation, I don't care. It ain't like we're talking government atomic secrets here. Well, I know that. (laughs) (laughs) It's more the the good old boy mentality. It's kind of a respect thing. But yeah, I'm getting more crotchety in my old age. (laughs) I mean, there's so many people in this industry that take it way too seriously. No, I agree with that. I, uh, I I definitely do agree with that. They take it seriously, too seriously. But at the same time, I think that serious can uh, <sighs> serious can often be an offshoot of of being respectful, and sometimes yeah. it's being taken a little too far. The respect, sure. You know, I, I, I you're right. It's not. Um, state secrets and quite frankly we don't need to you know stick like it's 1955 we can be a little more progressive with sharing things understanding that there's really not that many secrets out there any much or anymore but you know at the same time if it's somebody's wishes i i don't i don't know how i feel about that i i would tend to say that uh well, you could always just ask down oh sure no doubt, but I mean, it's not like you and I have that connection to that retailer. Well, yeah, kind of. Well, I mean, it's a retailer I could have reached out to. I just did. <laughs> You're not coming with me on this one, are you? <laughs> <laughs> eh, got me on a crotchety night. That's all right. I, I like crotchety. Crotchety means better conversation, so. <laughs> That sounds oh, piss weird. off. <laughs> you bugger. <laughs> uh, well, you're going to have to share this one, this next story, because I'm uh, petrified of how to pronounce this name. You know, let me get back to the notes. Oh, sorry. Freha? What were you going to say? Freja? I guess it'd be Freya, because it's Norse and Swedish. It's not Spanish. That's correct. Yeah. Uh what weird so chatterboxing the pronunciation of J? I don't know. It's usually a y. Freya. Hmm. I don't know, man. I guess I'm just going to have to call these people up and ask. Freya. <laughs> We've talked about this cigar several times. We should probably actually contact Jose and Emma and ask how to pronounce the name. I'm pretty sure that every time I've also. Uh, kind of pussyfooted away from having to give an answer or a pronunciation of it too. So, you know, well I have been with it I, I, over the past couple of months. I've been so badly humiliated with pronunciation of words. That it doesn't even phase me anymore. Trying That's to, true. But it's, it's a fight or flight situation for you though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the people here are very kind. They, they laugh a lot. <laughs> but it does actually help you learn. Oh, there's no doubt. I uh, I find that I mean, even after week, two week long trips when I've been abroad, you you definitely find it to be so much simpler to to take on just some basics of that language in that time when you're just immersed in it. I know everybody yeah. says that, but it just seems kind of common. Yeah. Before we moved, we we did. 
we bought this ginormous, expensive Rosetta Stone that got no use and used <laughs> a, a free app, Duolingo, on your phone that actually works really well. And it's completely free. Huh. Um, I'm a big proponent of that app. I liked it a lot. And we used it quite a bit. But I got to tell you, I'm just being here for a week and not being in a hotel on a program schedule with a cigar group of all other English speakers, but to be put into situations where you got to go get gas in your truck because you can't do it yourself. You're not allowed to here. Somebody has to pump it for you or going to the store. Those kinds of things you learn a lot more, a lot faster than, than any of those things we tried beforehand. Hmm. Anyway, yeah, I uh, I would say that's the case. Yeah, I mean that, that it is what everybody says. Immersion is the you know the way to do it. But I guess I did not fully put stock in that as much as I I did not understand how true that was until now. Hmm. It just seems to stick better when you know I'm going to have to know this again tomorrow. <laughs> this is I just need to. <laughs> know it for today <laughs> very true <laughs> uh, again fight or flight if you if you yeah. can't fill up your uh if you can't fill up your gas tank you can't get home you got to figure it out yeah and and there's a lot of uh there's a lot of slang here a lot in comparison to some other spanish-speaking peoples that i've encountered and they and i don't know how widespread it is Elsewhere, but the uh, double L instead of a, a uh, sound like we would pronounce a hard Y, like a yellow. They pronounce it almost as a J. It's like an aspirated J. Like Really? Yeah. It, it, across the board, it's not like one guy. It's the entire country. They, they hit that double L hard. And so, like, yo for I is comes across as yo, yo. Jewel, like that. It's like a D on the front of it almost, or full when you're getting your gas tank filled. It's L L E N O, but it's Geno. They they hit it really hard, and it's different than any of the other pe- Spanish-speaking peoples I've interacted with before. Yeah, that is definitely different. But it's it's universal in this country hmm. for n- the native. Dominicans, anyway, than at least yeah. all of them I've encountered so far. It's strange. There are a lot of, seem to be a lot of people here from Honduras and um, oh, another country. I'm, I'm, I'm losing it now and out of uh, Central America rather than the Caribbean. Seem to be a lot of people have come here from there. Which I wouldn't have imagined before. He... <laughs> and before we get to this story, there's also a, a large population of Asian folks from China and Korea, because there's a great deal of business here from those those countries. And so it's really strange. Like at my kid's school, there's a lot of Asian kids that speak Spanish, and it's it's just different you know, they don't speak a lot of english they speak you know some asian language depending on where they're from and 
in Spanish, and it it just seems weird to hear a Spanish accent on a a, a little Korean child because <laughs> they have to speak English, you know, at the school they're at. It's an English taught school. Just it's, a funny uh, thing. It always kind of makes me. This is going to show my my ignorance, but it always makes me uncomfortable at the fact that I'm so used to norms hearing a, you know, uh, an accent just as you're talking about um, makes me feel like, Oh, I, I shouldn't find that odd. I shouldn't just live in my own little corner of the world. I should understand that there are, you know, there are Asian immigrants in the Caribbean, you know, mm-hmm. it's just, it always makes me feel small. Like I just need to remember that the world is a hell of a lot bigger than I see it. Yeah, I get what you're saying, but it, it is called a norm for a reason. It's called normal for a reason because that's what's expected. That's what your experience has taught you. So it's not like that's something that's just easy to break out of and try to consider every angle of every situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, it, it's not like I insist that uh my life and lifestyle are um the most important one and i am above the others it's just you know it's like that little reminder that oh yeah you you always need to be aware that there's more than what's beyond your borders but yep i've learned that lesson in a big way in the past 10 weeks or so <laughs> i'd say you have I'm going well, to put down that cigar and go to the next. You have. I was wondering uh, how long that was going to last you. I it, it, just am uh, touching it, it up, act- and I've got about an inch and a half left on mine. I had about three quarters of an inch. I've, I've gotten back ahead of you quite a bit, but the uh, the wrapper let loose, and the bunch inside wouldn't stay together. Oh. Hmm. But it it was not the cigar's fault. It was the little pinch in it. And I might have kind of woolied it a little too much. Yeah, it's all right. Nonetheless, how about we actually get back to the story? I think you were going to talk about that cigar I won't pronounce. <laughs> the cigar whose name must not be said. That's correct. All right, we're going to go with Freya until uh, I can I can probably get in touch with them. Actually, they're out of the country right now. But, uh, that factory is not far from my house either. Anywho, Jose Blanco, and uh, you, you guys are familiar with uh, Senor Real and Las Cumbres, which is the name of his company. Um, but his wife, Emma, uh, came up with uh, her own work, her own cigar blend. And we've talked about this several times over the past few months as it was being ramped up and prepared and gotten ready. And But anyway, it's begun shipping. Uh, It's been available in some parts of Europe for a few weeks now, but uh, it's just now kind of getting in the groove and shipping to the U.S. And uh, she's been really clear and adamant that everybody understands this is her work. She did not work with Hochi. She did not work with Jose. This is her blend. Uh, She kind of worked with her master blender at the factory there and put this together on her own. It's her preferences, what she likes, what she thought would be a good cigar. Um, has a Dominican Criollo 98 wrapper over a Mexican San Andres binder, which is an interesting position. I don't see that used as a binder too often. 
and uh, Dominican Criollo 98, Dominican Piloto Cubano, and uh, Esteli, Estelian uh, Nicaraguan tobacco, are, uh, those make up the filler. Um, also coming in four sizes, five and three quarters by 42, which sounds fantastic. Five and a half by 50, six by 54, and a six and a half by 52 Figurado. Um, and those, depending on the size, going to retail from seven to 10 bucks and everywhere in between. And, you know, the, the theme of this cigar line is kind of built around the Swedish mythology and heritage uh, where Emma's, uh, that's her heritage, she's Swedish. Um, notably built around the goddess where it takes its name from, Freya, which is our, our deemed uh, pronunciation until we know better, uh, who was the queen of the Valkyries. You know, we can just tell Emma and, and Jose that they're pronouncing it wrong. Oh, yeah, I'm sure we could. <laughs> and then he'd laugh, and then he'd get off the phone, and then he'd laugh again the next time you talk to him. <laughs> yeah. We could tell them anything. It doesn't mean it's going to make an opportunity for us to tell them anything after that. So don't you uh, don't you have an opportunity to see them in the near future? Is that correct? Um, maybe. Possibly. Well, okay then. Well, I, I, I don't have anything for them. Uh, okay. I thought that there was a, an ongoing plan to be meeting with them. Oh yeah, that's not until November. But yeah. Oh, I thought it was October. No, that would be normal. But uh, when I talked to him last, he was telling me the drought was delaying everything, and it looked like it was going to be November before they actually got into the process. I uh, gotcha. Never mind. I forgot about that. Yeah, I was out of sync with what you were talking about. Now I'm on board with you. This takes me a little time. Well, I, you know, I didn't want to come right out and say anything just in case that was, I didn't remember if that was not a, uh, a well-known fact or not. Oh yeah. We talked about it on the show. I don't remember crap. It's, I blame yeah. your tumor. Cool. I blame it for everything. <laughs> <laughs> it works awesome. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, you got to get one. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. latest thing. Uh uh, let's see. We got one last story that uh, we wanted to pass along here. And this actually comes from Half Wheel, who dug this up. But it caught my eye scrolling through the old Twitter feed. And um, you can go check it out at their site if you want to read the full story. But what I noticed when I looked through this thing uh, was uh, there's some legislative news out of El Cerrito, California, that should probably perk up your ears if you're a cigar guy. Um, they passed some very stringent new tobacco regulations, and, and it's pretty wide-ranging. It, it, it covers where you can operate a uh, an establishment that sells tobacco with certain distances from schools and other retailers that you have to maintain. It just outright bans the sale of flavored tobacco products, bans the sale of single cigars under $5 a piece, uh, which means no more buying bundled sticks as singles, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, no more inexpensive packages of cigars and what that means, who knows. Um, no new licenses for establishments that will receive more than half the revenue from tobacco sales. 
nor to establishments that will give more than 20% of their retail space to store and, and display tobacco products. So what it essentially means is no more cigar shops, no more licenses. Uh, this license is going to cost over 400 bucks a year for a shop owner to, to maintain as well. And, you know, I, I don't, I'm not really clear who gets grandfathered in or not. I don't think they're going to go shut down every cigar shop that may be there. I imagine there's probably not too many of them anyway, but uh, seemed like a, a pretty serious uh, set of new rules to me. What, what do you what do you think about the the slant here that this might uh, this might have something to do with vaping and that tobacco stores would have to almost include that as well in order uh, to they do to... electronic cigarettes are included in this legislation did I miss that part? Mm, I guess it's that. it's in it's in there, but there, yeah, okay, I think yeah. that's part of it. But they seem to have gone out of their way to make sure it covered both. I think I, I think they even put in the story that there was a uh, an effort to exempt pipe tobacco from this, and it failed. I've been I've been very interested this week um, personally in the. Uh, the vaping community, the e-cigarette community. I, I don't know. I think I heard on a podcast um, over the weekend or Monday. Um, maybe it was just a news story. I was reading that the EU has come out and stood behind the e-cigarette um, as a, a viable alternative to traditional cigarettes, stating that they're upwards of 95% more healthful uh, or less detrimental would probably be a more appropriate way than a typical cigarette. Um, what actually, does I think that it even was, mean? That there's, there, yeah. the EU views them as an adequate replacement for cigarettes in terms of a being more healthy. Yeah, that's not at all how we're approaching it in the U.S. No, not at all. The FDA hasn't had any any uh, formal positive backings of it. I believe this was a radio show. It was a, uh, an NPR radio show, I think on Monday morning. Um, that actually sounds more correct. There's a Dr. Kevin most, I think is a, a local physician. He, he, everybody knows Northwestern university. I believe he's a, uh, a higher up with Northwestern university's, um, local, uh, hospital. They, uh, their hospitals have a uh, hospital group has acquired a number of different hospitals and they have a very strong PR presence in the Chicago area now. And uh, so he's gone out there to discuss some things that might not be your typical, um, might not really be your typical conversation that you'd expect to hear someone from the medical industry uh, have. And one of those things I believe with with reasonable certainty, I believe he was the source for stating that the EU has made that comment formally and essentially supported as a viable alternative to smoking uh, traditional cigarettes um, as a, a, a crutch to help break your need for typical cigarettes, I think was the, the tone. And that was certainly not a quote, but 95% um, less detrimental, I believe, was a specific statistic that was shared. Um, so I, I'd be interested to see if in the coming 
years, the, the, I've been yapping too much. The cigar has finally gone out for real or for full. Um, the, the governments around the nation kind of follow that or get on board with that as a way to push people more away from, from, uh, tobacco. It, it seems well, counterintuitive right now, but it does because even if a group like the FDA followed suit, our politics have gotten so so strongly entrenched in vilifying tobacco use and even the appearance of it that we're we're regulating things that look like smoking these days. You mm. can't. I'm not a fan of electronic cigarettes, but it doesn't bother me if somebody else is hanging out smoking one. But but we're banning that even. I, I don't get that. Don't don't blow your water vapor in my environment. I don't find them to be the slightest bit. Um, that's not true. I I find them to be mostly. Um, not annoying, and there's a proper way that I can say this, uh, <laughs> and it's not coming to me. I'm sorry. Uh, mostly the annoyance, not annoying. Yeah, mostly not annoying. That's a that's a very professional way of putting it, folks. Um, <laughs> whoa, 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 tune down the <laughs> jargon. <laughs> <laughs> I am often not bothered uh, by someone smoking an e-cigarette. Boy, that is not any better. Ah. <laughs> uh, shit oh on the contrary that was awesome <laughs> <laughs> the the point being is uh, the only times that i've ever really been annoyed by someone smoking an e-cigarette or uh, a vape machine is when they're just taking in such a large puff that the the small room or the hallway you're in fills to such a capacity um at the immediate time when that person exhales the puff. So it's not so much the, the the water vapor that I have an issue with. It's the fact that I'm walking through something that was exposed to all the germs in that person's body. A- and it's not a normal thing for you to be walking next to someone who just lets out a massive exhale and fills a, a large volume of space with their their germs or something that was in their body. It's more of a Sure, you it's do. more of a germophobia. Well, yeah, that's true too. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, how did we get here? How did we get here? I, I would not have expected me to go on an e-cigarette rat hole, <laughs> and you to go on a on a. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Never mind. Flatulent rabbit trail. Yeah. At least we we're not going down that trail. We just peered our heads in that direction yeah doesn't pay well what do you say you're onto your second cigar i've got an inch left of my first cigar we want to uh give some thoughts on this uh margarita yeah this second one is is i don't want to say overwhelmingly but significantly different and it definitely has a sweeter kind of character to it than the first one did and maybe that's just because I've already had one or, or whatever. Uh, definitely sweeter and more um, more kind of a sweet and sour. It's not a not a it's not a pungent, not a plum kind of sweetness, but a, a bright sweet tart kind of sweetness. 
I'm digging it. This I, one all, seems to be burning even faster than the first one. I gotta, I gotta do something here. I'm gonna blow right through this one. I have uh, one and an eighth inches left on this first cigar, and uh, I'm still going on it. It is not hot in the smoke, but it's you know it's a nub right now. So my mm-hmm. fingers right at the burn line are a little warm. Um, but it's interesting. The smoke doesn't come across as being overheated, which is uh, <laughs> something I'm thankful for. Yeah. I don't need tongue bite. Yeah, that's kind of amazing. You're talking a cigar that smoke. Hey, let me ask you, were these pressed on purpose, or is this just from the box? Because this that's one an, is... Square press. That is an absolute natural box press. Cool. Legitimate the natural first box one, press. first one was not as pronounced. This one has... Nice defined corners all the way around. The uh, I tore my band, so I don't. I don't even. I think I tossed it over here in my garbage pile. I don't even think I have it. Oh no, I did just leave it right in front of me. Um, oh. The the band itself. If you slide the band off, it's it's a square on mine. I don't know if you can see those sharp corners. Nah, you won't yeah. be able to see those sharp corners. But it's uh, it's kind yeah. of a cool little thing. Perfect. See this. Yep, perfect example. Hey, uh, crazy dog barking outside. I don't know, Zemilin, Z-M-I-L-I-N, in the chat room asked about the ash color on the second one. And I don't know if you can see that. That is much closer to yours than my first one. It's yes. more dark gray. And mine, uh, <laughs> mine is still dark. I've got, you know, you're not going to get much on that, but that's uh, an eighth inch or so of ash, and you can clearly make out that it is very dark on mine still. So, hmm. I it's uh, I wonder why there would be that much variation in all of these. I don't know. I mean, but this one still has that same kind of potency through the nose. Where, I mean, it's a clear tickle there. And if I... Uh, Took two or three consecutive puffs. I think I may could actually end up sneezing over it. There's uh, at the end here. I'm finding that I'm getting a little bit more of a typical um, uh, punch note to this. There's that that slightly kind of alcohol alcoholic sensation, which uh, uh, not alcoholic sensation. It's not stumbling in my mouth. Um, but it just it it almost has like a perfect example if you've if you've had a glass of baileys um it's a very creamy very sweet very you know, legitimately creamy cream as in milk uh, a milk product a dairy product um there's that sensation in your mouth and then there's more of the finish of the alcohol flavor in a baileys that's more of like the intensity of that kind of whiskey or alcohol flavor that I think is typical of punch. And I'm getting that now on the finish of this cigar with just a little bit left. Hmm. So you mean the alcohol proper finished product, not a malty kind of flavor? That's correct. Yes. No, I don't know. Maybe that's uh, just my perception of it, but. Hmm. And I'm wondering if, Z Milan in the uh, chat room is he's written Z in quotes. I wonder if that's uh, 
if his handle here is a first and last name or a first initial last name, something like that. So we'll refer to you as Z from now on. How's that? Excellent. I literally just sneezed. Oh, you did? It truly brought a sneeze out. Oh, well, there you go. It's a very satisfying sneeze. I feel like <laughs> Scrooge with the snuff. It's uh, you just reminded me of Marlon Brando and Godfather. Very satisfying. Yeah, it, it was a very uh, Corleone esque uh, motion there. <laughs> well, we're well into the show by an hour. What do you say we uh, talk about a couple of the cigars we smoked this week? Absolutely. I don't have a great deal to say about mine. Like I said, I had a little bit of a routine week, but uh, it's your first one there. No problemo. The the first one I've got on here, it's a little bit of an older cigar, but I've I've been in the mood for some lighter cigars, which you'll you'll see when uh, I tell you the names of the two that I've got here. But this first is a St. Louis Ray Serie A from 2003. And... uh, uh, that happens to be their um, Corona Gorda, five and five eighths by forty six, and this is a cigar that um, I, I think I put this in the half ashed forum um, on one of the posts that I commented about here, but I I I never reach for this brand, the Saint Louis Ray brand, excuse me, but I always find it to be enjoyable when I smoke it. You know, there are some other um, uh, markers that I, I don't really reach for. I'm not a big Sancho Panza fan. I'm not a big H. Upman fan. Um, and I don't get a lot out of those cigars when I smoke them. But the, the SLR, I never reach for it. I never crave it. But every time I do, I say, man, you know, that that really was a good cigar. It's, it's salty. It's sweet. It's, um, it's got a... Um, a very crisp nature to it, not Connecticut so much. It's not that type of crispness. Um, it's not drying, and that's typically what I associate with the cr- type of crispness from a Connecticut shade-grown tobacco. But it's it's much more crisp in the sense of like a, a crisp and tart in the sense of like an apple, where it kind of hits you in both senses. You get a little bit of that that slight kind of tannic. Uh, tartness, but also with that sweetness too, um, in a, a more salty, fruity flavor. It's a it's a really interesting blend um, that if you have the chance to pick up an SLR, uh, a Cuban SLR, it's worth trying as a great change of pace. It, I don't think it's going to turn anybody off, but I also don't think that it's uh, you know uh, going to rock anybody's world and make this the blend that you seek on a regular basis, but. Great construction, mild while still being very full flavored, um, and a nice experience. Cool. <laughs> uh, I ain't yeah, done that yeah. in a long time. No, you haven't. But I've made it now my uh, standard response to my wife over text messaging. She'll <laughs> say, you know, we're gonna do this, or we're going here, or I'll be home then, or whatever. And I say coo, and she always responds back to my text with an L. Because I'm just putting C O O. Never mind. The the dumb insight into our our relationship. <laughs> aye, aye, aye. All right. So what do you got on here, Jamoke? I got AJ Fernandez 
New World, which we've talked about a number of times in the past well, a year or so since those things came out. Yeah. And early on, I was completely enamored, loved that cigar, and I, st- I still like it, still enjoy it quite a bit, but I've kind of reached a point where I've smoked a lot of those cigars now and maybe don't have the same desire I did before. I, I really dig them. A lot of uh, toasty kind of flavors come through typically, but there's one particular thing that I get from those that I used to just love, that, and it's going to sound stupid because it doesn't sound like a pleasing flavor, but it has kind of a, a vegetal kind of taste to it that comes through a lot, and it, it kind of walks a thin line between being vegetal, like, oh, this is this is too young or whatever, it's problematic, or it just lends a crispness to it. And I always perceived it as just giving it that kind of Nicaraguan crispness that I really like. But I think I've smoked enough of them now that I'm kind of kind of ready to maybe put what I have left to, to bed for a while and just kind of forget about them and, and come back to them in a while when I've had a little time away. Huh. Well, I, I am certainly a fan of that, if for no other reason other than just expanding your own understanding of how something uh can revise itself but um either way it's uh it's a good idea to kind of do what it is that you're looking to accomplish with it as well yeah i think i'm just i have gotten into such a routine because i there were a handful of cigars that i felt considerable stock before we moved and that was one of them and i'm just kind of just a little bit over it for a while and just because mm. i've you know, focused on those few brands and, and even Vitolas and just need to mix it up a little bit. I, I'm not the guy that can have a Holy Grail cigar and say, this is all I'm going to smoke from now on. I, I like to try different cigars. Boy, if I had an endless supply of that Fuente uh, we had last year, I, I, I might be willing to do that, though. What the hmm. heck was that, that prototype Fuente? Yeah, that's what that was the problem. We didn't know what that was. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you may never see that again. I, I that you know, the offer still stands, folks. Do you have any of those from uh CFC two or three years ago? It was uh, a Hemingway classic size, I believe. Hemingway signature size. Classic. Classic. Okay, classic size. Uh had the Opus prototype band on it with the three X's. And I believe a secondary band that was uh, labeled just the standard Justino Al Siglo. You have them. Drop me a line. Anything in my humidor, I will trade you for that. And that means anything. Anything. Well, you know, I may be able to reproduce a set of those bands and stick that on the Hemingway Classic. That makes you feel any better. Have you been told today that you're a jag? I'm just saying. I mean, I probably could come up with those bands. Maybe. Yeah, Definitely yeah, could come up yeah. Classic. Well, you know, as uh, as I've clearly shown on this show, I, I love smoking the bands rather than having an opinion about what a cigar actually tastes like. Hey, I'll be long gone with your cigars by then. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, you got to send them to me first before this deal's completed, Buster Brown. <laughs> You're never going to trust anything I send you now. Ever. Nope. <laughs> well, I uh, I say I'm never going to trust anything you send me, and then I'm going to talk about a cigar that you sent me. So uh, 
this happens to be, uh, well, this isn't the exact cigar you sent me, but it's one that you introduced me to, uh, which happens to be the Illusion Fume de Mor Robusto. And uh, I, as I said, I'm, I'm kind of in a mild cigar kick, um, but I do still want a lot of flavor. And so I thought, what the heck, I'll, uh, I'll go for this Illusion and... Oh good gracious was I happy that I that I did. I just love the sweetness off this cigar. It's it's like I I don't know. It's like the the sweet bready flavor that you'll find from like a quick bread, you know, a bread that doesn't have yeast in it. Think of like a banana bread or a like a dessert bread, something like that. Almost pound cake maybe. It has yeah. that that sweet bready flavor to it without being yeasty it's just it's just fantastic it's fantastic i love this cigar can i make a recommendation to you yeah just eat banana bread no 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 no. i'm not no. even being silly um that if you had the robusto there's this there's one that's just a little bit smaller than that um, smaller ring, close to the same length, but I think it's even a little shorter. Give those a try. Hmm. I think that's my favorite Vitola in the lineup. And I'm a Robusto kind of guy, and that, that's one of my favorite sizes. But that really tiny little guy, and I can't remember what he calls it in that line, but really good. You say really tiny, what, like uh, a four and a half by 42? I think that's another uh, size. I'm, I'm looking at yeah, Laguna. Yeah, four and a half, four and forty-two. Yep, that's it. Yeah. I have seen that, but I have not had it. I don't believe they are really good. Love them. I used to, uh, used to, in the months leading up till we moved, uh, I was hitting Tampa Humidor, and I would grab those, and I would grab a similarly sized um, Tatuaje Veracu, that little little new little guy. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Fantastic, both of them. Well, I uh, I certainly don't think that this cigar is mild. You know, it, it did have a little nicotine to it, a slight nicotine kick. I had it on an empty stomach, and I just felt it ever so slightly. I'm a nicotine weenie, so that probably means that the vast majority of people wouldn't feel anything from this cigar. But um, uh, it... The flavors have intensity to them as well. It's not just a full flavored cigar, but it's there's flavor intensity that it it hits you a little bit on the palate. You you really are aware that you're that you're tasting something. Um, so it's perhaps not strong in the typical sense of nicotine, but it does have an abundant amount of flavor strength and it, it's some harder flavors as well that you really feel too. I, I like this stick. It's a it's a really really unique take on on strength versus flavor in a cigar. Yeah, it is, and, and knowing that there's no Lijero in that blend is pretty unique too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the only other thing I have on my list is the uh, Cane Daytona, uh, which is a cigar that carries a love and hate relationship with me. I either love them or hate them and it changes day to day. Um, 
particularly that six by not six by forty six I think was originally the size I liked and these that I have right now are that next smaller size. They're the little Corona size. And I just can't I can't get a bead on these cigars. I I'll, I'll light one up and it'll be just flawless. And I light the next one whenever, a week later or whatever, and just have all kinds of problems with it where it just irritates my throat, burns wonky, huh. it seems harsh. And, and these are these are not new. I've had them. I bought a box of them probably a year and a half ago, and I'm down now to the last three or four of them. And I and I've, I've gone through this entire box. And it's been that way. I don't know that any three of them have smoked the same. I, I can't I can't reconcile how this box of cigars has gone. Hmm. I'm really surprised by that. I I, uh, I would say that that's by far my favorite um, uh, cane that I've had. And it's a cigar that I actually really enjoy reaching for. I, mean, uh, I, I, I like that a lot. I would have said the same thing before this box because that's the whole reason I bought a box of them. There was a sale on Oliva and cane and studio and all the studio to max though. And that was the box of cigars I bought, but because I, I had enjoyed them so much, this, this one's been, willy-nilly for me hmm. well that's unfortunate meh i'm almost through them all now so it'll be all right <laughs> yeah i guess when your problem is gone and it happens to be the fact that you've smoked through an entire box of decent cigars that's, that's not a terrible <laughs> problem yeah there are bigger problems to be had yes that is correct well, that is uh, all the cigars we seem to uh, be sharing from the past week here. Do you uh, you want to talk a little bit about our, uh, a recent uh, other event going on in the world of cigars for you, or you want to you want to skip yeah. that? No, we can we can talk that. I, I don't have a whole ton of information, which I'll explain momentarily. But uh, we mentioned last week I was going to head over and see Terry Johnson at his new factory. Um, I guess we can still call it new. It's been open a few months now because it happens to be a mere two miles from my house to this factory um, in Tamboril and it took me a while to find the place. Even with, he has a new sign on the front of the building in it, but it's still almost obscured from the road, but I did find him. I got with Terry actually most of an afternoon, probably I don't know, three or four hours. I'm just chatting, checking out his new place, and I was kind of, kind of surprised by the the from the road. It looks almost like a house that's been converted to a factory. But once you get in this place, it's it's considerably bigger than it first appeared from externally. Um, probably got, I'm guessing, eight or ten tables, teams of rollers. Um, got a healthy supply of raw leaf um, considerably more raw leaf than I expected and he's got guys out working that he's got a uh, some storage a couple of buildings for storage behind the factory smoked a few of his cigars while I was there was more than impressed with them to be honest I did not expect that quality of cigar out of a factory that had just come together in a couple of months um, I thought believe I fed this through social media, but I sent you a picture of the first one I was smoking, which was very good. And then I, uh, 
uh, I mentioned to you earlier that the he's making Eddie Tarazona cigars now, and I and I'd smoked Eddie cigars from uh, years past when he was partnered up with Cubana Con, and and they were okay. They didn't you know stand my world on its head or or change my life forever. But this one, the the new one that Terry's making, that that was my favorite from the day probably. That that cigar. It was a double Corona, which is not a size I would ever reach for on my own. Um, that that was better than any other Terrazona cigar I think I've ever smoked, and it, it was a fantastic cigar. Um, and it, it wasn't even that particular cigar came off the the roller's table just within an hour before, uh, a couple hours I guess. Uh, they didn't shut down production because they lost electricity, like any part of this city at any given time. But, um, it was, it was pretty neat. And, and I, I didn't go over there and take notes or write up a story or anything like that. Although that, that is the plan to try and do that before Terry heads back out of town. He's only down here for another week. I think, um, I just went over and just hung out, you know, chatted with the, the folks that were there at the factory and milling around waiting for the power to come back on. Uh, it was kind of, it was a cool trip. I, I can't tell you how much I love living this nearby to uh, cigar factories. Although I've yeah. not taken great advantage of it thus far. <laughs> no, you're certainly not. <laughs> I'm working on it. Well, I, uh, I certainly think that, um, <clears throat> If nothing else, you're going to get a very clear idea of how things are the same and how things vary in the industry. And I think that that's a huge way to be able to learn. Uh, I, I'm very, very jealous of that fact. I mean, going somewhere, going to a factory is always a, an unbelievably fun experience, no doubt about it. But going to a factory and then going to another and being able to compare and contrast is really one of the things that I... Uh, enjoy doing so much about um uh, or with factories that's my favorite thing with factories really mm -hmm. same here um yeah i'll agree with that uh, well so what's the uh what's the the story coming up here do we uh i don't think we have a show next week but you and i will talk about that a bit more uh, if we skip next week and go to the one following, or if we're going to do next week and then skip the week after that, we'll post that up on uh, Facebook and the likes. But are we uh, are we ready to close out on uh, on the rest of this bad boy? Yeah, I was leaving a small note in the uh, chat room. He and Officer Paul both happened to stop by and note that hey, what the heck? You're recording on Thursday. They, I believe we're checking to see if there was a show tomorrow night. And I put all that on Facebook, Twitter, and Google Plus today. So <laughs> nice if you team. ignore me and all my electronic publications, you may not know these special shows are being recorded without you. <laughs> I also put that on Twitter. So neener, neener, I blame all you folks. And my tumor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well you want to uh you want to close us out here my friend yeah yeah next episode whenever that may be 
next week or the week after or whenever. You never know. We're pretty dodgy individuals. Uh, but we will be smoking the Latelier Cote d'Or, the Gold Coast, which was a pretty special limited run kind of thing they did this past year. And um, not gonna, I, I've smoked one of those, and I'm not going to say anything one way or the other about it till we both are smoking it at the same time. Um, it was something a little bit out of the ordinary for Latelier. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit when we uh, do that next show. But uh, in the meantime, if you'd like to get a hold of us, you can get us by email, uh, craig at halfashed.com or kip at halfashed.com. Um, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. As always, whatever you got, comments, compliments, concerns, complaints, all the four C's, just don't matter. So we'd love to hear from you. And, uh, of course, you can come over through Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're out there. Uh, we keep that somewhat updated. I'm, I'm doing a little better than I was there for six or eight weeks. I'm finally getting back into a groove now. And uh, and as always, you can find us over on the forum at halfashed.com. And uh, we'd love to have it over there as well. Absolutely. And uh, as always, I just want to finish up here by saying thank you so much to our listeners. It's uh, It's fun to have people who participate with us both live as well as uh on email following and things of that nature so ladies and gentlemen you make our evening a little bit brighter and uh, we want to make sure you know it so i'll leave you with this and uh it just happens to be my regular oh so appreciated homage to mr dale roush of dog watch cigar radio just want to say good night everybody and thank you for listening uh-huh.